Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. People are strange. Something strange. Is that strange? That is strange. Strange. That is strange. And welcome to another episode of Strange Sauna. This episode will be an absolute steamer, everybody. We are going to be talking about Elon Musk. Can we trust him? Is he going to build this Mark of the Beast system to bring rise to the Antichrist? I have no idea. I don't really trust the guy. He has a lot of stuff up his sleeve. It seems like he's dipping his toes into all of the technocratic systems that we don't really trust. You know what I mean? Uh, Neuralink, uh, self-driving cars, all this stuff where I'm just like, you know, he's talking the good game with all of this free speech thing with acquiring Twitter, now X. But, you know, is that all just a facade? Is he putting up a front for something else? I don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to explore some videos here. I want to first start out with a video by Greg Reese that kind of dips into the overshadowed aspects of his acquiring all of these companies because it's been known or he's been known to be the founder of all these businesses, but that's not true. He's acquired a lot of them that were founded by other people. And then uh, they rewrite the history that Elon Musk is this uh, master champion. You know, he he owns all of these businesses. So we're going to be watching that video just to get a little taste. I have an excellent Twitter thread that I want to go through with you guys that kind of explains the occult symbolism behind Elon Musk and what this all represents. And then I also do want to watch a video by Rosemary, a.k.a. Shalom Girl, who claims to be Elon's nanny. So she claimed that Elon Musk opened a portal in his bedroom she went down into the abyss with him saw some creatures and yeah it gets crazy everybody so we are going to dive into this man the uh the mysterious mr elon musk so everybody if you like this channel if you like occult symbolism breakdown conspiracy theories all that jazz you've reached the right place that's what strange sauna is all about my name is greg i talk about strange things in my sauna studio Hence, Strange Sauna. So if you like this show, leave that thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. Uh, hit that notification bell. That way you don't miss anything that I put out. Also, subscribe and listen to this show on Apple and Spotify. I'm trying to get over 500 weekly downloads. So if you guys can do that, it'll help me out tremendously. Thank you so much. All right, let's get steamy, everybody. Right off the bat, to introduce Mr. Musk, I kind of want to watch this video. All right. Greg Reese. Excellent reporter for InfoWars, if you don't know him. Go check out his stuff. This is a video from him describing Elon Musk and uh, the, the falsehoods surrounding Elon Musk and all of his companies. Okay? So here is the real Elon Musk, everybody. Pop culture has touted Elon Musk as some sort of eccentric heavyweight genius with humble beginnings. But this is demonstrably false. Elon Musk was born in South Africa 
where he claims he grew up extremely poor, but his family owned an emerald mine. As a teenager, Elon would trade emeralds for cash in New York City, and his father bragged how they had so much money we couldn't even close our safe. Musk claims to have had about $100,000 of student loan debt, but he received a full scholarship to the University of Pennsylvania, where he bought a 10-bedroom frat house with his friend Adeo Resi and ran an illegal nightclub. The pop culture claim is that Elon has an IQ of 155, but this has never been tested. And after being accepted into Stanford for PhD studies, he dropped out after two days. After dropping out, Elon began his first business venture with his brother Kimball, Zip2, which was essentially a digital version of the Yellow Pages. The brothers received tens of thousands of dollars from their parents, and yet Elon denies this. An associate of Elon's father, Greg Curry, got involved to bring in investors. But Elon's code was no good, so they had to hire on professional coders to rewrite everything. Zip2 was then sold for $307 million to Compaq, who later shut it down without ever earning a profit. Elon made $22 million, bought a $1 million McLaren F1 supercar, which made mainstream news, before he totaled the uninsured vehicle. Musk then went on to create an online bank, X.com. He partnered with banking expert Harris Fricker, Edward Ho, and Christopher Payne. All three ended up leaving the company after accusing Elon of lying to the media about the quality of their product. Elon claims he founded PayPal. Before the company was named PayPal, it was known as Confinity. It was founded in 1998 by Peter Thiel and Max Levchin. After losing millions of dollars, Elon's X.com was bought by Confinity in a merger in 2000. All Musk contributed at Confinity was his own power struggle. He made himself CEO and pushed to change the name to X.com. The executive team successfully petitioned to fire Musk while he was away on vacation. Part of Musk's resignation agreement stipulated that all references to founders of the company will be removed from their website, allowing Elon to claim credit, which so far is all he has ever achieved. Peter Thiel then rebranded the company as PayPal, went public, and sold to eBay for $1.5 billion. Elon made $180 million from the deal, which he then invested into Tesla, SpaceX, and failed company SolarCity. Elon falsely claims to be the founder of Tesla. Tesla was founded in 2003 by Mark Tarpening and Martin Eberhard, who developed the Tesla Roadster. When Tesla Motors began looking for venture capital, they approached Elon Musk, who had the fake credibility as PayPal's co-founder. Musk joined with the condition that he be named chairman of the board. In emails, Musk was upset that the media was not giving him credit for Tesla Motors and went after Martin Eberhard, replacing him as CEO. He then forced Eberhard out of the company and rewrote the company's history to have himself listed as an original co-founder. Martin Eberhard, the man behind the Tesla Roadster, was promised the first Roadster off the assembly line. But Musk screwed him over on that as well and sent that car into space. You can tell it's real because it looks so fake, honestly. <laughs> so who is Elon Musk? Elon describes his father as being an evil, abusive man. His father, Errol Musk, has been accused of being a pedophile and fathered a child with his stepdaughter who is 42 years younger than him. This spoiled, narcissistic failure, son of accused pedophile, 
wants to put computer chips in everyone's brain so that we can merge with artificial intelligence. His girlfriend is now bragging how this could all lead to a communist utopia. And strangely enough, former Nazi and head of NASA, Werner von Braun, predicted a man named Elon would conquer Mars in a 1952 novel that he wrote. Which is odd, because NASA has partnered with Elon SpaceX to work towards colonizing Mars. Elon Musk, like everything else in today's modern society, is a fraud, a fake genius, just like fake philanthropist Bill Gates, brought to you by the fake news. Here's a pro tip for dealing with the mainstream media and all of pop culture. Assume it's a lie and research everything. For Infowars.com, this is Greg Reese. So he touched on so many different things right there, okay? How Elon Musk is a fraud. He never really made or generated anything by himself. He just acquired and forced the CEOs to rewrite the history of the company. Am I right? So that was very interesting, but he did touch on a lot of stuff that I kind of want to go through before we get into this uh, Twitter thread here. Because there is a lot of info on his companies here and SpaceX. So the idea of SpaceX started out on a flight to Russia between it was this conversation between Elon Musk and Michael Griffin, who worked for the CIA's InQtel. And after Griffin became NASA's administrator in 2005, he awarded SpaceX $396 million as part of the Commercial Orbital Transportation Services, or the COTS program. At that time, SpaceX had never even launched a rocket. So these two were kind of buddy-buddying up on flights to Russia to get these intercontinental ballistic missiles that's a mouthful, okay? Sorry. And I'm kind of slow. But they're trying to get these debilitated rockets that aren't in service anymore. Things lead to another. That fails. But he's trying to get this guy, Michael Griffin, to come over to SpaceX. Uh, Michael Griffin then just joins NASA instead, but awards SpaceX $396 million. They haven't even launched a rocket yet. So that's very odd. And then in December 2008, with SpaceX again on the verge of bankruptcy, Griffin awards SpaceX, along with his own orbital sciences company, each contracts with a combined value of $3.5 billion. Elon Musk actually credits NASA for saving SpaceX. So that contract alone saved SpaceX. NASA called and told us that we'd won a $1.5 billion contract. And I couldn't even hold the phone. It's like, I just, I just blurted out, I love you guys. <laughs> they saved you. Yeah, they did. Financially and maybe even emotionally. I'll tell you, that was, a, that was definitely helpful. <laughs> so, I mean, NASA pretty much owns SpaceX right now. And as a matter of fact, Griffin estimates that NASA owns around 85% of SpaceX, or at least it's funded by the, the federal government mostly through the NASA awards, right? So Elon Musk and other private investors, quote-unquote, whoever those people are, only own about 15% of SpaceX. So that was very interesting. Am I right? 
And recently with Ukraine and this whole uh, the Ukraine war, Russia war, SpaceX was recently a topic of controversy because Elon Musk did not allow Ukraine to activate Starlink access over Crimea. Right. So as a result, though, the Pentagon signed a 70 million dollar one year contract for Starshield, which is an offshoot of the Starlink system which provides the DoD end-to-end service via Starlink Constellation, user terminals, blah, blah, blah. It gives them access to Starlink. And people were saying, oh, look, Elon Musk is a white hat because he's not letting the uh, Department of Defense use Starlink, right? These defense contractors who make all this money off of war, he's not letting them access all this stuff, so he's actually preventing war. He's a good guy, right? Well, no, he's been trying to get the Department of Defense to fund Starlink for over a year. And this is the spark that got them to do it. He basically said, hey, you want to attack this naval fleet, this Russian naval fleet in Crimea, and you want to use my system to do it. You're not even paying me. So why would I allow you to do this? So no. You know, then turn around and he gets a $70 million contract for one year through the Pentagon. He gets what he wanted, right? Um, So Elon Musk said that Starlink needs to be a civilian network, not a participant to combat. But he also said that Starshield will be owned by the U.S. government and controlled by the DOD Space Force. This is the right order of things, okay? So... I don't know. Starshield might be a limited form of Starlink, but still. The DoD is using that now. He's not a white hat, everybody. So Tesla, going on to Tesla. Now, this is where he forced the owners of Tesla, the the founders of Tesla, to rewrite history, right? Now, one thing about Tesla is that during the Big C Little V pandemic... Tesla developed portable automated mRNA production units called printers to help manufacture the big C jabs for CureVac. So CureVac is this German biopharmaceutical company backed by Bill and Melinda Gates. So Elon Musk describes these little uh, printers as RNA microfactories. That's a quote that were shipped to remote locations where they produced mRNA based therapies, depending on the recipe that was fed into the machine. CureVac had stated that the bioprinters developed by Tesla, mind you, would be able to produce, quote, more than 100,000 doses within approximately two weeks. So Elon Musk single-handedly through Tesla helped develop the big C little V uh, jib jab. Think of that as you will. Some will say that saved uh, hundreds of thousands of lives, just like Donald Trump says, right? And then Solar City, yes, failed Solar City. That's part of Tesla Energy. It was the clean division. Elon Musk is all about solar energy. He's talking about carbon taxes and all this stuff. I mean, my top recommendation, honestly, would be just to have a carbon tax. He's into this stuff. He's into renewable, reusable energy. And I'm not saying all that stuff's bad. But I'm saying let's do it the right way. Let's make sure that it's ubiquitous. Let's make sure that it's affordable. And let's make sure that it actually works. Okay, like we got to run our houses, run our cars, run everything on solar energy. I don't know if that's proven to be successful yet. He owns OpenAI or he co-founded OpenAI, I should say, in 2015. Now, this is interesting because this opened up in San Francisco. We're going back to San Francisco yet again. 
In 2018, Musk resigned from the board of OpenAI, citing, quote, a potential future conflict of interest with his role of CEO of Tesla due to Tesla's AI development for self-driving cars. Okay. Uh, So in 2016, Musk co-founded Neuralink, the neurotechnology company developing brain-computer interfaces. When considering Elon Musk bringing about the Mark of the Beast system, Neuralink is a central feature to this. All right, more to come on this later. He also founded the Boring Company. This is the tunnel construction company as a subsidiary of SpaceX in 2017 before being spun off as a separate corporation in 2018. Musk said that he plans to use the Boring devices to create another large Hadron Collider around the year 2040. This is CERN 2.0, everybody. Right? In 2019, Musk stated on Twitter, quote, the director of CERN asked me about the Boring Company building the new Large Hadron Collider Tunnel when we were at the Royal Society. Would probably save several billion euros. This is what he said on a a tweet, everybody. So he's talking to the director of CERN about building another Large Hadron Collider using his company. All right? So Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Elon Musk is obsessed with the letter X. But he, uh, he acquired Twitter for $44 billion. All right, when you look at the occult number 44, it's most often used with similitude for the number of Christ. Aleister Crowley, Lieber 44, the mask of the phoenix. This is an invocation intended to invoke the sun god Ra. It's all about the sun god, everybody. These people are obsessed with the sun god, and we'll get more into that because that's what has, the X has everything to do with the sun god, Within this ritual, the practitioner consumes a cake of light. This is a wafer made from meal, honey, olive oil, oil of a bromelain, blood, semen, or both. <laughs> okay. So these are those menses cakes that everybody was talking about, like Marina Abramovic. And speaking of Abramovic, if you look at Abramelin, sounds a lot like Abramovic. That's because... Abramelin means of Abraham. The star of David in the Abrahamic religion Judaism looks very similar to the unicursal hexagram used in Thelema. But this oil of Abramelin is a ceremonial magic oil blended from aromatic plant materials. Its name came about due to having described in the book of Abramelin written by the Egyptian mage named Abraham. And so this goes back to the year 1362-1458. The recipe is adapted from the Jewish holy anointed oil of Tanakh, Tanakh, which is described in the book of Exodus attributed to Moses. So, I mean, 44, right? He brought it for $44 billion. So that's, there's some meaning there. In March of 2023, he founded X.AI. This is the artificial intelligence company whose website states its goal is to quote, understand the true nature of the universe. All right. Musk also admitted that X.AI or XAI will be using Twitter and Tesla data to develop AI algorithms. And everybody thought that. They go, why would Musk want to buy Twitter? Hmm. There's a lot of data there. There's a boatload of data there. And when you think of Tesla, it's not just an automobile. It is a data device. It is a monitoring. It's a surveillance device. They have cameras everywhere. All they're doing is monitoring you. They're seeing what you do, how you behave, 
they're taking that input and they're developing an output. That's what they're doing with the Twitter data as well. That's what Musk admitted. He's actually using Twitter data to help drive artificial intelligence. Okay, now is he a good guy? Will he do good things with this? I don't know. Is he acting like the savior and saying, hey, hey, all these bad people are going to be doing bad things, so I got to come in and save everybody. So I don't trust it. I don't trust it. So let's take a look at Elon's name. All right, his name is derived from Elon, which in Hebrew is oak or oak tree. The root Elon is alal and describes something that protrudes or stands out like a tree. You know, this could be a good or bad thing. The shining star, you know. In the Bible, the oak tree is a symbol of strength and power. So in the Bible, Elon is also the 10th judge of Israel during the period of the judges. All right. So you have all of these subs, like meanings of his name. El, Elon, El on, El, Elohim, the gods and the deities. El is the supreme god of the Canaanites, sometimes depicted as a bull. And known for the tremendous power and strength. The oak tree, the bull, L, you know? Uh, so if you look at his name as broken as L on, the on could come from the Freemasonic Jabulon. So there's allegations that Jabulon is the name of the unique Masonic god. According to the Masonic historian Arturo de Hoyos, the word Jabalon was first used in the 18th century in early French versions of the Royal Arc degree. It relates as a Masonic allegory in which Jabalon was the name of an explorer living during the time of Solomon, who discovered the ruins of an ancient temple. Within the ruins, he found a gold plate upon the name of God, Yahweh, Y-H-W-H. It was engraved on that. So interpretation of the name Jabalon, there's a lot of them, all right? But one such interpretation comes from Stephen Knight, where each syllable of the ineffable name represents one person of this trinity. So you have Jah, J-A-H, is Yahweh, or Yahweh, the god of the Hebrews. Bull, B-U-L, is Baal, B-A-A-L, the ancient Canaanite fertility god, and On, O-N. Osiris, the ancient Egyptian god of the underworld. So looking at this, you have El, God, on Osiris. Elon, Elon, Osiris, God. That fits right in with the X symbolism because X is another symbol for Osiris. Keeping on this train here, the Ordo Templi Orientis, okay? The O-T-O. Getting into the Jack Parsons, L. Ron Hubbard, uh, Alistair Crowley stuff here. According to Francis X. King, there's that X, in the secret rituals of the OTO, Jabulon is used in two rituals of the Ordo Templi Orientis, the Lodge of Perfection, in which the candidate receives the fourth degree, which is called the Perfect Magician and the Companion of the Holy Royal Ark of Enoch, and the perfect initiate or prince of Jerusalem degree, which falls between the fourth and the fifth degree. So, I mean, it, uh, Jabulon 
entrenched in Freemasonry, entrenched in this Ordo Templi Orientis, Thelema. Now, Greg Reese did touch on Elon's grandfather, okay, Joshua Haldeman. He was a Canadian chiropractor, but that's not it. He was the former director of Technocracy Incorporated. And that was part of this technocracy movement, which peaked in the 1930s during the Great Depression. So he was arrested, but was eventually let go with all the charges dropped, which is kind of suspicious, right? So in 1950, Haldeman relocated his family and practiced to Pretoria, South Africa, in search for ancient ruins. But that's why they moved to South Africa, because he got kicked out. His ass got kicked out of Canada for being a technocrat. So he actually set some records with a plane as well, like this uh, flying from Canada to Australia. He he flew somewhere on a single, you know, little tiny freaking plane. And if you think about how many people have, you know, unalived themselves on those things, he took his whole family on that to South Africa, broke some world records. But apparently he was in search for some ancient ruins. Some say that he was looking for the lost city of Atlantis or the lost city of the Kalahari Desert. Now, going into the the video from Elon's nanny, some of those artifacts, I think they brought back with them because Elon was playing with them in the room and he opened up a portal. But before we get there, what is technocracy? If we look at what technocracy is, Elon Musk is all about that. He's called for opening up a, a technocracy on Mars. Um, it's where you replace politicians with engineers and experts in the field. Kind of like what happened during the Big C Little V. We were all looking at Fauci. We were all looking at experts, the WHO, scientists, doctors. We weren't looking at politicians. The, the scientists and the engineers and the doctors were driving the politics, and the political movements. It's uh, also where you replace money with energy certificates. Think about that. Energy is used and created, and it's tracked. Okay, this is social credit. This is your carbon tax system. Okay? You get energy certificates, and you only get so much because uh, you don't want to spend too much energy. There's that. So Elon is... um, He's entrenched in that. At least, like, his family is entrenched in that. Does he agree with that? I don't know. But it seems like he has tweeted several things where he wants to build a technocracy on Mars. Um, you know, he's big into robots running the world, right? The Tesla Optimus robots, he uh, said, were created to address the human labor shortage. Okay. Elon also thinks that we will need a universal basic income due to automation and robots that he's helping to build, mind you. And, you know, if you think about this, going back to the Raelian movement, so remember when Elon Musk banned Kanye West from Twitter? It was after Kanye posted the picture of the Raelian symbol. It was the Star of David with the uh, swastika inside of it. Now... Elon Musk banned Kanye West saying that that symbol was a hate symbol because of the the swastika. But it was very suspicious because it's like, wait a second, does Kanye West know something about Elon Musk? <laughs> like, is Elon Musk a Raelian? Because there was a while there where Kanye West was hanging out with Elon. You know what I mean? They were buddy-buddy. They're taking pictures, all this, you know, hanging out. Uh, Elon is dating Grimes. And then all of a sudden, 
Kanye posts this picture of the Raelian symbol and Elon Musk bans him. But in this Raelian movement, going back to the robots and um, universal basic income, that's one of the things that they agree with as well. It's called paradism, where it's a world without money or work, and work is performed by robots, and you have all production tools and services and resources nationalized. Okay? Now, there was something that Greg Reese mentioned in that video about Grimes calling for AI can help implement or implement communism. So she put out this video that's saying how robots and AI can help uh, bring about communism. I have a proposition for the communists. Um, so typically, most of the communists I know are not big fans of AI. But if you think about it, AI is actually the fastest path to communism. So if implemented correctly, AI could actually theoretically solve for abundance. Like we could totally get to a situation where nobody has to work. Everybody is provided for with a comfortable state of being, comfortable living. AI could automate all the farming, weed out systematic corruption, thereby bringing us to as close as possible to genuine equality. I, I think that Elon Musk is all about this. Uh, like I mentioned, he, he talked about building a technocracy on Mars. He's referenced puns regarding sending a Noah's Ark space shuttle to Mars. But the weirdest thing of that video that Greg Reese played was this 1953 book, Mars Project, written by Werner von Braun. Okay? He was the project paperclip person that we brought over. He was the Nazi that we brought over to help build NASA. So he wrote this book, and he said that the leader of Mars shall be called an Elon. And the text translates as follows, quote, an inner commitment to action was associated with the driving force in the development of the Martian civilization. The government of Mars consisted of 10 men. At their head stood a man elected by the entire population for five years, whom the Martians called the Elon. This is in quotes, the Elon. However, Elon and his cabinet faced a parliament that passed laws for them to govern by. The Mars Parliament had two houses. The upper house was called the Council of Elders. Its scope was limited to 60 persons who were appointed for life by the current Elon as vacancies arose due to death, much like we do with our judges, right? The Supreme Court. The principle used to are used here resembled in many ways the selection of College of Cardinals of the Catholic Church. Usually, quote, the Elon selected historians church leaders, former cabinet members, or successful business leaders who had gathered valuable experience in important positions over a long period of time over their life. That's the technocracy movement. However, the quote, the Council of Elders had only limited authority, okay? So it's just so freaking weird that in 1953, Werner von Braun wrote this book stating that Elon will be the leader of Mars. Now you have NASA, SpaceX, and Elon shooting to get us to Mars, right? They're, they're trying to get us to Mars and, and populate Mars. Very, very strange. So let's get into the letter X because Elon is obsessed with this letter. You have X.com, SpaceX. You have the Tesla Model X. Twitter is now X. X.ai. 
Um, he even calls his son X on October 16th, 2022. Elon tweeted Deus Ex Machina, seemingly a sign that he was going to turn Twitter into X. And this was right around the time where he was going to buy Twitter. Now, Deus Ex Machina means God from the machine, right? And it's this thing that producers use in films where a problem is conveniently solved and it's unrealistic and it's just like at the last moment the main uh, character is rescued from this insurmountable challenge right so like usually like a superhero comes in and sweeps in and just saves the day at the last moment so it's called the deus ex machina and but the way that he spelled it was Deus, the, the normal way, D-E-U-S. And then instead of E-X, he just put an X, the letter X, Machina. Elon also changed his Twitter profile pic to the Deus X video game series, okay? So this picture came from the video game series. And if you look at what this video game is about, it's a, it's freaking mind-blowing, okay? Set in the year 2052, the game follows J.C. Denton an agent of the fictional agency United Nations Anti-Terrorist Coalition, this is UNATCO, who is given superhuman abilities through nanotechnology. Okay? Think about it. There is a deadly virus released called the Grey Death created by the Illuminati, and the only cure was a synthetic vaccine called Ambrosia. This is what the game's about, everybody. All right. Now, because of the scarcity, ambrosia was available only to those deemed, quote, vital to social order and finds its way primarily to government officials, military personnel, the rich, the influential scientists, intellectual elite. Right. And then ambrosia, if you think about ambrosia, that was the name of the company. I believe this was a blood transfusion company that would transfuse young blood into older people. All right, getting down that little Adreno kind of uh, chrome uh, avenue. Ambrosia. I don't I think they shut down. Um, the game was made in 2000, the year 2000, one year before the 9-11 attacks. And in the game, the Twin Towers were missing because they were destroyed in a terror attack. This is one year before it even happened. Now, that could just be coincidental. And, uh, you know, like, the Twin Towers were such a big pinnacle thing within New York City. That, and I think a lot of stories kind of called that something was going to happen to those. It's just like if somebody blows up the San Francisco Bridge, how many movies have that has that happened in? You know what I mean? And they'd be like, oh, look, they called it. Uh, but yeah, in this video game, Deus Ex, the main character is uh, a transhumanist cyborg and he's the savior of humanity. All right. But X has a lot of different meanings, and you can see it everywhere. You have the X-Files, X-Men, Xbox, X-Rays, Generation X, Planet X, Naburu, Prescriptions are RX. It's a symbol for transformation and the end of something. Or death. The Skull and Bones is an X, right? But X is also the symbol for the sun god. Now, according to Dr. C.J. Coster... The head of the Institute of Scripture Research in South Africa, X was the emblem of the Chaldean Babylonian sky god. Coster says that X was an ancient symbol of the sun deity and that the letter carried with it 
sexual connotations. Okay. In the old Semitic languages, X represents the cross. Freemasonry uses X as a sign of Lucifer, the solar sun god. The Masonic Lodge uses X because of its sexual meaning and its Babylonian origins. Writing in the Scottish Rite Journal, the official journal of Mother Supreme Council, Jim Tresner, a 33rd degree Mason, discussed that the use of X in ritual ceremony for the 17th degree, Night of the East and West. Tresner emphasized that the 17th degree ritual is, quote, one of the most powerful and profound degrees of the Rite. Here, said Tresner, we encounter raw spiritual energy and we begin to uh, glimpse the spiritual power which is available to the person who is able to access it. So the 17th degree is considered the transformation ritual, crossing of the cordons. All right. And you can also think of X as X marks the spot, the, the mark of the beast. Right, X is the mark of the beast. Neuralink could be the mark of the beast. I do want to get into this Twitter thread here because this breaks down so much of what I just covered, but even more. And it goes into detail about like uh, uh, all this stuff. Okay, so let's dive into this next. Okay, so this post on Twitter comes from at Drew Tang Reborn. All right, now it opens up saying the age of X. Elon Musk has completed the purchase and transformation of Twitter. Into X. Elon founded the first X.com in 1999, became PayPal, then SpaceX, and now XAI. So what's the meaning of X, the true role of Elon Musk, and where exactly is he leading us, right? And there he uh, posts a picture of Elon with angel wings, the X on the chest there, kind of like Iron Man, and the sun behind him. Oh, boy. This gets deep, everybody. So let's start with the post Musk made about his uh, ex-obsession last week. In the image where he posted that he was performing what an Aleister Crowley ritual magic he was referred to as the Osiris Risen. So in the image that he posted, he was doing this Osiris Rises, the Osiris Risen um, Aleister Crowley thing. So check this out. Look at this. This is what um, Aleister Crowley did. In the Osiris Risen Risen ritual. I don't know if he was doing. I don't know if Musk was doing the same feet crossing. Look he's crossing his feet down here too. Crowley is. Now and it's different. I mean his hands are open. The palms are open. A little bit different than Crowley right. A little bit different. This is of course in reference to the ancient Egyptian god Osiris. Slain by Set and cut up into 14 pieces. Then resurrected by his wife Isis. Given an artificial penis then impregnates Isis and is resurrected as his bird-headed son Horus, okay? This is the ancient Egyptian story of Osiris, Set, Isis, and Horus. Here's the 14 pieces. There's Isis, right? And then he comes back as Horus, given the eye. The eye of Horus gives Osiris vision and sight and the knowledge of that uh, future there. Aleister Crowley was probably the most prolific sex magician and occultist of all time. Founding the religion of Thelema and attracting to him students such as Jet Propulsion Lab founder, grandfather of NASA, Marvel Jack Parsons, and Scientology founder L. Ron Hubbard. Yes, yes indeed. 
Their stated mission, to bring about a new world order, or as Crowley and his Thelemites, like liquid rocket fuel inventor Jack Parsons would say, the Aeon of Horus. Okay? Now, this is what they sought to bring about. The Aeon of Horus, bringing about this uh, moon child, right? The, The Babylon working ritual. It was this sex magic out in the desert. Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard would go out there. I think Marjorie Cameron would join them. And they would do this Babylon working ritual to create a moon child. Now, Marjorie Cameron never had that moon child. So people speculated, was this moon child born somewhere else? Right? And right around that time, you had Donald Trump born on a blood moon. Moon child, Donald Trump. Maybe he was the result of this Babylon working. I don't know. You also had Hillary born about a year after this was performed. And uh, Jack Parsons had a vision. He wrote about it in his book where he said that this little girl came up to him saying, yes, the Babylon working ritual worked. My name is Hilarion. And so people were saying, "Okay, well, Hilarion is the arcane for Hillary. So people were saying Hillary Clinton. I don't know. But yes, going back to this dilemma, the Aeon of Horus, okay? This is the new age. This is the age of Aquarius we're going into. But how exactly did these guys intend to bring about the Aeon of Horus? Well, in 1946, Hubbard and Parsons performed the Babylon Working, a ritual based on the Book of Crowley, titled Moon Child. Ultimately, the goal was to create a moon child, or children, to rule the new Aeon of Horus. Okay, and yes, this goes into the rituals of the working to conceive the child through sex magic workings, the Babylon, the Thelemite Jack Parsons using the Babylon working. Here's Marjorie Cameron down there. Uh, Now it's a good time to consider what magic or as Crowley called it, magic with a K truly is. In the words of famous science fiction writer Arthur C. Clarke, any sufficiently enhanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. All right, so he's saying that technology is indistinguishable from magic, or at least advanced technology. So if magic, with a K, is simply sufficiently advanced technology to the point that its scientific reality is incomprehensible to us currently, how does it work? Who could we ask? My favorite explanation comes from publicly admitted chaos magician and comic book author, Alan Moore. This is a quote from Alan Moore. I believe that magic is art and that art, whether that be music, writing, sculpture, or any other form, is literally magic. Art is, like magic, the science of manipulating symbols, words, or images to achieve changes in consciousness. Indeed, to cast a spell is simply to spell, to manipulate words, to change people's consciousness. And this is why I believe that an artist or a writer is the closest thing in the contemporary world to a shaman. Okay, here's Alan Moore. He's an occultist. He follows Crowley's religion, the Lema. All right. Moore, as a student of Crowley, gives a great example of exactly how true magic is implemented. If art is magic and the stories crafted and published influence the mass subconsciousness that causes those ideas to manifest in the real world, what stories are we living right now? And then he gets into Project Mars, okay, and how it's governed by the Elon. 
All right. And we just talked about this. So in 1948, longtime friend of Parsons and chief architect of the Saturn V rocket that Apollo 11 took to the moon and ex Nazi SS member known to do rituals themselves. Werner von Braun wrote a book titled The Mars Project after coming to the U.S. in 1945. All right. And yes, written just two years after the Babylon working on page 177 of this book. He describes this human colony on Mars and that the leader was given the title of an Elon. It just blows my mind still, right? Blows my mind. Why Mars, though? Well, it's possible or it's possibly because Mars was referred to as the Horus of the horizon or the Horus the red. This is awesome. You guys look at this Mars in culture. All right. Uh, Mars is known as the deity Mangala and was born from the sweat of Shiva. The planet was called Angarka in Sanskrit after the celibate god of war who possesses the signs of Aries and Scorpio and teaches the occult science. The planet was known by the ancient Egyptians as, quote, Horus of the Horizon. Then later her Deshur or Horus the Red. All right. The Hebrews named it Ma'adim, the one who blushes. All right. So you're talking about all this, uh, bringing about the Aeon of Horus, going to Mars, the Elon from that book that Werner von Braun wrote. And you have Mars being referred to as the Horus of the Horizon. All of these connections here. In that same year, 1948, mother of Elon, May Musk, was born to Joshua Haldeman. Below, you can see her sporting both the Osiris Risen and the Eye of Horus symbols. All right. Now, looking, she does a lot of the one eye symbolism. That is for dang sure. She does that circle over the eye. She does the circle. Uh, she does the covering the eye. Yeah, that's that's for dang sure. There's a collage of all of these celebrities doing the Osiris Risen, you know, the hand cross signal, you know. Notably, the Mars Project describes how Mars is governed mainly by the form of technocracy or the rule by experts, not pure democracy. Funny enough, Joshua Haldeman, Elon's grandfather, was arrested eight years before in Canada as the leader of the technocracy party. Yes, he was. And uh, this is Drew Tang Reborn stating, I have been criticized before for drawing this connection between Musk's grandfather and what I believe his current intentions to be. Fortunately, it is not hard to prove Musk is on the same page as Gramps, given that he tweets about it all the time. Now, here's a poll that Elon Musk did. Now, he put this out February 27th, 2019. Should we make Mars a technocracy or make the technocracy real on Mars? 92% people said yes. So, you know, he's not the only one wanting it. Mm, let's see. So not only is Elon basically in control of NASA, the successor to Braun and Parsons, but he also plans to lead a Mars technocracy. Coincidence, right? By the way, some things you can look forward to in a technocracy is no more money, no voting, and every bit of energy you use is being tracked. And we talked about this. And I don't think Elon is in control of NASA. I think NASA is in control of him. I think NASA owns SpaceX. 
But right here, here's Elon saying, uh, it's high time that there was a carbon tax. That was not that long ago, May 13th, 2021. Interestingly enough, Musk has a higher favorability rating and far low unfavorability rating than both Biden and Donald Trump. Arguably becoming just as powerful as president, buying Twitter and unbanning Trump, SpaceX essentially runs NASA, and Tesla dominates electric cars. Now, I don't think that's right. So SpaceX doesn't run NASA. NASA owns SpaceX, 85%, remember? So on the money front, Musk started the original X.com, PayPal, in 1999 to revolutionize the financial industry and bring it to the digital age. With Twitter as X, he plans to make it the everything app like WeChat in communist China. And he says this all the time. Here's a Bloomberg article. It's just a little snippet of it. Musk's everything app, X, sounds a lot like China's WeChat. And Elon Musk has already said, you know, I want, to, I want it to be like WeChat. Basically, WeChat's kick ass. Um, and we don't have anything like WeChat outside of China. So I was like... My idea would be like, how about if we just copy WeChat? Hey. <laughs> copy them. Buys Twitter, copies WeChat. Yeah, pretty Pop. much. <laughs> yes. While it may seem nice to have everything in one place, from social media to finances and messaging, this makes censorship, tracking, and control of the population extremely easy, which is exactly what happens with China's WeChat. All right. Here is a little snippet from Fortune says China's WeChat is a censorship juggernaut. And we go to the Washington Post. Chinese censorship invades the U.S. via WeChat. So what's his next move? Recently, Musk disabled web users that were not logged into an account from viewing tweets and limited the amount of tweets that he or that could be viewed by an account. Rumor is that he did this to prevent AI bots from using this data. On July 12th, he launched XAI. All right, this is X.AI, his artificial intelligence company that he is using Twitter data to boost, right? He's using it to write algorithms with his artificial intelligence. Elon, of course, co-founded OpenAI in 2015, contributing millions of dollars to develop what is now called ChatGPT. OpenAI is now closed source and owned outright by Microsoft, well known for being censored and politically correct. Musk even stated that AI is summoning the demon. Remember, there's that clip of him going around. He goes, we are summoning the demon with artificial intelligence. And with artificial intelligence, we are summoning the demon. You know, you know, all those stories where there's the guy with the pentagram and the holy water. And he's like, yeah, you sure you can control the demon. <laughs> Didn't work out. While he believes in smart machines can take us to Mars and drive our cars for us, Musk remains worried that artificial intelligence holds a darker potential. And that's what I don't understand about this man. In the Hegelian dialectic fashion, Musk offers us a solution for the problem he helped create. Merge with machine ourselves in order to compete with AI for his neural link, which begins human trials this year. And yes, it did get FDA approval. And he was uh, being interviewed and they said, what's the what's your solution to the rise of A.I.? He goes, if you can't beat him, join him. You know, the old saying, if you can't if you can't beat him, join him. 
You know, that's what Neuralink is about. Is like, uh, can we go be go along for the ride with AI? Now that's what he's saying. He's like, join AI by this Neuralink technology. Very, very strange and worrisome. This is a concept known as transhumanism. The concept of man merging with machine completely. We've covered the predictive programming showing Musk as a technocrat Mars colonist. Let's explore his transhumanist savior role. Now, this is the uh, picture here, Deus Ex. This is that video game. Elon Musk changed his profile picture on Twitter to this uh, video game, Deus Ex. Above is a real screenshot of Musk when he changed his profile picture to the cover of Deus Ex. This is a game made in 2000 where in the game, the Twin Towers were missing as they were destroyed by a terror attack. Yes, we are discussed this or discussed this. And yes, the main character is a transhumanist cyborg and he saves humanity. Uh, the plot. You're a government agent that finds out that the current pandemic was created by the gov and rebels. Now, this is all the video game. Okay, people, come on now. Uh, it mentions that it mentions that the Rockefellers and Rothschilds, and it, it has a techno-Jesus Christ theme. The protagonist is J.C. Denton. So, Jesus Christ, J.C. It ends with him sacrificing himself and merging with A.I. All right? Now, this is all on Wikipedia, and you could go on there and read about it, but this game is very foretelling of what's going on here. Deus Ex Machina is a plot device in which an unlikely savior suddenly appears at the final hour when the situation seems hopeless. In ancient Greek theater, they would literally drop a, quote, God character from wires onto the stage, thus God out of the machine. As you can see, the reason Musk keeps tweeting Deus Ex is that he is a literal Deus Ex Machina playing the script to a T. Now, here's a little clip from the video game, okay? So check this out. Mainly by wealthy bankers. Remember that the UN itself was built on land donated by John D. Rockefeller. The wealthy have always been the ones to profit from one world government. The United Nations secret goal... Well, this is David Rockefeller's description from a half a century ago. The supranational sovereignty of an intellectual elite and world bankers. People know the government has a vaccine. Riots everywhere. The same corporation that makes Ambrosia also manufactures the virus. Quite convenient. They're infecting people on purpose. I have seen it since I was a girl. The plotting and scheming of corporations to make Europe into one big country with no separate languages, cultures, or tastes. It's more than Europe they plan to unify. Some people just don't understand the dangers of indiscriminate surveillance. That's the video game, people. I'm telling you, it's crazy. If this plot line sounds familiar, it should. In the fourth Matrix movie that came out in 2022, Neo works at a game studio called Deus Machina. Look at that. Right behind him. Musk, of course, tweets, take the red pill in a reference to the film series. The original Matrix movie released in 1999, a cat-rabbit year in the Eastern astrology, just like 2023, features 9-11 predictive programming as well. Neo's ID expires on September 11, 2001. This is the exact day of the attacks, people. That's when his... Um, I mean, it could be a coincidence. Who knows? Take the red pill, Elon Musk says, May 17, 2020. 
Neo is another techno-Christ plunging into the machine to save humanity. Also, Guy calls Neo his, quote, own personal Jesus Christ. Trinity is in the room 303 at the beginning of the movie. Neo is shot, then resurrected in the same room at the end. Jesus died and was resurrected at the age of 33. To tie this all back to Crowley Chaos Magic, the formerly known as Wachowski, Wachowski Brothers, who directed The Matrix, also made the film called V for Vendetta, based off a comic book of Alan Moore. Right? This film, released in 2005, takes place in 2027 in a dystopian world where you find the government secretly released a bioweapon pan, you know, to gain authoritarian control. V for Vendetta is a movie where an anonymous freedom fighter known only as V, cough, cough, Q, leads a mob to storm the capital of a corrupt government who secretly released a bioweapon in order to implement more authoritarian control. The movie ends with the crowd of citizens marching on the Capitol building under the direction of the anonymous leader that goes by a single letter, Q. Oh, wait, I meant V. So this guy's making fun. He's, he's doing the, he thinks that this is, V for Vendetta is the whole like Q Anon movement, right? <clears throat> Their mantra is, remember, remember the 5th of November, while January 6th was about the events of November 3rd. All right, QAnon Shaman, remember this guy? Uh, that's all well and good, but did Crowley Chaos Magician Alan Moore ever write anything about Musk, uh, Musk-like character? Enter Dr. Manhattan. He was a man-made god-being. Below, Musk tweets a picture of the character hanging out on Mars. So Musk was uh, tweeting this Dr. Manhattan figure just hanging out on Mars. Dr. Manhattan likes to hang out on Mars solo, building a sanctuary there, and at the end of the comics, staying there for good. Oh, to really drive the point home, Manhattan is single-handedly responsible for humanity's shift to electric-powered cars. So he has this little clip here, and he's it says it right here. It's highlighted. He is single-handedly responsible for the shift to electric-powered cars, Dr. Manhattan. So is Elon Musk Dr. Manhattan, everybody? I don't know. We have shown how Musk Crowley adjacent predictive programming has accurately shown 9-11, the, the blah, 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 January 6th. And what's next? Let's take a look at this image posted by Musk's ex-lover and mother of uh, his son X Grimes in 2019. Now, remember this? She posted this whole thing where it made it look like there was like, you know, these things leading to the uh, big C little V and then the pokey pokey and then also this alien spaceship. I think this might be fake, but you never know. All right. But I don't know. This is like some ancient slab. But this could just be emojis that somebody puts on, you know. Could be a fake picture. <clears throat> so this is where things start to get really interesting. And given the, quote, alien disclosure, congressional hearing last week, extremely applicable. In Moore's Watchmen, nuclear war is avoided using a fake alien invasion, using a genetically engineered psychic squid to kill millions. Oh, gosh. All right. In addition, in Deus Ex, there are grays that match the typical description of an alien. However, what you find out is that they are also simply genetic experiments used in the Illumin or by the Illuminati to distract the public from their actual projects. So in that Deus Ex video game, 
grays were made as a distraction. They're just genetic experiments. Now, there is so much more to cover in this post, okay? I, I bit off more than I can chew, so there will have to be a part two. I want to read the second part of this post, or I, I mean the remaining parts of this post, because it is juicy. There's so much detail in this. And then I also need to go through the video of Elon Musk's nanny, all right? Supposedly. Shalom, girl. But we're going to break down the video that she did. She did a, an interview with Right On Radio. I have several clips already set up to go. Okay. There's some very juicy, interesting details in there. But I found some inconsistencies that we will cover. All right. So if you do like this, uh, just a reminder, hit that like button, subscribe, tell a friend and share the show. Yeah, which truly does help me out. And do download on Apple and Spotify. Please, please, please. Let's get it up over that 500 weekly downloads. All right. That is the goal. All right. So hopefully you all enjoyed this episode. Until next time, we'll get back to this Elon Musk part two, baby. All right. Stay steamy, everybody. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.